0: Hi, John. How are you this week? I'm good, Elliot. How are you doing? I'm okay.
1: Thanks. Um, so this week I thought it might be worth talking about the hearings going on in front of the House uh, Financial Services Committee about um, domestic terrorism. And uh, I, w- I wondered if you had a chance to take a quick peek at uh, the hearing. Some of some of the testimony I think occurred this morning. And there's uh, there's been stuff going on all week. Uh Did you get a chance to look at that?
0: Yeah, I was actually able to watch part of it, and it's the um, subcommittee on national security, international development, and monetary policy. And there's actually at least four pieces of legislation that they sort of couch as relevant. Uh, One on uh, the study of domestic terrorism financing, FinCEN exchange, freezing of assets of suspected terrorists, and Fraud and Terrorism Education Act. So there were five witnesses... I did hear all the opening statements of the witnesses, not all the Q&A, but what I thought was clear was two things. There is a lot of pushback about actually creating a Title 18 domestic terrorism statute. The feeling by some is that could result in some discriminatory or biased uh, um, attacks toward other groups. You know, Uh, so I think that that was interesting. And then there were some recommendations, which I know we'll chat about in a second, uh, about what you could do today, perhaps, without changing the statute.
1: Yes, and, and I think one of the groups uh, also pointed out that there there are plenty of statutes on the books today that in the end cover a lot of what um, domestic terrorists do along the way to trying to commit a terrorist act. And so uh, if you're uh, effective in using those statutes and the prosec- investigators and prosecutors are that it's not as if we're leaving ourselves naked.
0: Right, and it was two, two things I would highlight. Um, one of the witnesses uh, sort of talked about, not sort of, but talked about some of the tools that are getting used today uh, to enable these actions. Crowdfunding, um, recommending that tech, term, the tech firms um, do better in their oversight of what they're allowing on, on, their, on their sites, more transparency. Uh, funding for research in this space, They did reject the notion of a domestic terrorism statute, as I mentioned, and then improved data collection. So that was sort of let's let's figure out, let's get more information so we can make a more informed decision. And then uh, a uh, former uh, podcast interview that I did uh, a while ago, Danny Glazer, who's now at K2 Integrity, but was uh, the assistant secretary for terrorist financing of the Treasury in the Obama administration, Uh, Danny talked about a number of things that will seem very both logical and practical to our audience. He said, you know, uh, he didn't weigh in completely on changing the statute, but he said, create more typologies, use sanctions against some of these organizations and individuals, which is obviously a very good tool and make them very targeted. Have FinCEN do more guidance. And FinCEN has done a great job of providing guidance for financial institutions improve information sharing, and use tools that they already have in their, as they say, in their toolkit, like geographic targeting orders and that sort of thing. So I thought those were all valuable recommendations. And um, I'm I'm still not completely convinced that we don't need a a Title 18 statute. We'd want to hear more from our law enforcement partners. But I thought today's hearing sort of elevated the, the debate to real policy questions, which I think has been lacking. I
1: agree. Um, I I also um, uh, took a look at uh, Glazer's toolbox list, and I thought, uh, you know, it's the kind of thing that our really uh, active and effective financial crimes compliance uh, community can um, take advantage of uh, and build out um, whether or not a statute uh, gets passed. And, you know, even if one does, Um, the things on his list are all the kinds of things you're going to do underneath it um, with it or without it. So uh, uh, the community has been excellent at facing new challenges. uh, Some of them um, uh, forced by uh, ugly events, others by just taking up the charge, like uh, really digging into human trafficking and things like that. So, um, you know, I think it's very important for these policy conversations to happen Um, it's part of really the most effective way government operates. Uh, But again, on the private side, we can be doing a lot um, while those policy conversations are
0: happening. Yeah. And another, another witness actually referenced something that Glazer referenced, and that's perhaps 314A, which has been a strong tool since the Patriot Act um, could be utilized, potentially has to be amended to include information sharing in this space. And, that same witness uh, talked about something that Dennis Lormel always mentions, and that is trying to figure out the organizational structure of these of these violent groups. And uh, this this witness said that he thinks there's a tendency to think of these groups as disorganized uh, and, and non-hierarchical. And like Dennis says, no, nah, sometimes they are pretty organized. And so figuring that out could b- better help you, especially in the digital age we're in, trying to do a better job of mapping out uh, the finance activities of these groups. So again, some really good debate and discussion today. I know there'll be more. I'm sure the Senate's going to cover this as well going forward, but we'll track this for everybody and keep you posted.
1: Absolutely. Well, thanks, John. You have a good weekend and I'll talk to you next week.
0: All right. Stay safe. See
1: you too. Bye-bye.